90s I was in a very famous TV show Untitled Bojack Bojack Horseman Project This is the intro Welcome back to Untitled Bojack Horseman Project. This is episode three, season three of Bojack Horseman. My name is Matt Waters. And Ben, you're right here right now. How are you on these strange days? <laughs> I'm good. I'm right here right now. I am ready to talk about Bojack Horseman. Uh-huh. There you go. I told you I'd get it in. You um, did get it in. <laughs> so it's the third season of the show. You know, we're coming off a banger, like a, a, a candidate for the best season of the show. I wouldn't say this is in contention. Like, some really strong individual episodes, but I would say an overall slight downward dip to two? Ooh, or maybe why? I'm on an island here. No, you think it's better. Okay, right. I do think this is better. I think, like, <laughs> we are... I think, like, three, four, five is probably, for me, the peak of the show. Okay. Um, um, I think I think two is, like, really, really strong, but I think... Yeah, like this is this is when the show goes from like yeah, this is like hovering in my top ten shows on TV to no, 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 this is like pretty consistently in contention for like number one show of the year okay. every single year. And this isn't to say this isn't too as bad. I I think again, it's, it's a top ten show. In fact, can we find my top ten shows of two thousand fifteen? I I'm sure it must exist somewhere on the internet. I will look for that in the background whilst we actually okay. talk about the season. So we'll get into individual character arcs. We'll get into everyone's favorite game of Ben trying to summarize every episode. We will pick our favorite two episodes to do a deep dive on. Uh, but before we do that, just some some little administrative things to acknowledge with this new season. Uh, so our opening titles have added a red carpet premiere scene and uh, in quite a sort of sad one, <laughs> Bojack's living room over time fills up with Todd's new business and then it all goes away. <laughs> um, and we'll get into why that is later, but it's just like a fun little uh, thing. I love the opening titles changing not just season to season, but like episode to episode sometimes. Uh, we also have a new little set of characters joining us. Uh, so the big one is Anna Spanakopita, played by Angela Bassett, who did technically debut last season, but like in one episode, is a big part of this as as Bojack's publicist, trying to get him an Oscar. She is doing very good work for an actor of her caliber in a show like this. You know, no offense to Bojack Horseman, but yeah. Love Anna Spanakopita. Yeah, I think probably the best... I mean, as you said, like, introduced last season, but probably, like, the secret weapon of this season. Oh, God, mm. God there's a lot of... There are. <laughs> there's a lot of secret weapons this season. Mm-hmm. Like, do I want to throw out Diedrich Bader? Do I want to throw out Abby Jacobson? Do I want to throw out... Um... Do you want to cannibalise more of my list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, they are picking up... I don't want to be rude to like previous seasons, but like they're kind of picking up better quality recurring and guest characters, um, like some of which I, you know we have the separate list for the one-offs. But it's, yeah, it's like as the show is getting buzz, I think they're landing better people for better yeah. roles. And it becomes like a snowball effect where like mm. all of the good gets in previous season hang around. Like it's not like mm-hmm. this is a season without Chris and Charles, without J.K. Simmons, without Ben Schwartz, without like Rachel Bloom or or like Maria Bamford or like any of these people who have like been in the first two seasons it's just 
they come in for like one episode and they're giving more weight to like season long characters or like multi season long characters like yeah it, it it becomes a really interesting thing by the end when the the cast list for each season is just insanely stacked yeah or well, rather than like talk about each one of them uh just to like reel them off yeah so uh, Anna Spanakopta um Angela Bassett Princess Carolyn's faithful assistant, Judah, played by Diedrich Bader, as you acknowledged. Love this autistic man. Emily, who we will talk about a lot, played by the wonderful Abby Jacobson, uh, this second half of Broad City. Jessica Biel as herself is a recurring character, arguably, or I guess it's a sort of one one episode a season kind of thing. Cuddly Whiskers, uh, Bojack Horseman's one-time collaborator like a weird like legend of sitcoms who tried to make a weird show with bojack in 2007 uh played by jeffrey wright he's like a hippy dippy hamster and uh his disturbingly uh, <laughs> erotic assistant jill pill played by mara wilson princess carolyn gets a boyfriend ralph raul esparza and kind of similar to anna spanakopta like debuting at the end of last season but becoming a big character in the next one uh katrina peanut butter mr peanut butter's first wife and then i think it was on to jessica beale and then i think it was on to diane yes correct yes. i don't think there's a there's a secret fourth wife yeah in there, yeah, yeah. and even so he calls jessica beale my second and final wife um <laughs> yes played by lake bell who i love when she wins single episode guest stars we've got greg kinnear as in bracket quotes himself uh jorge garcia another like lost moment making me laugh um which it probably wouldn't have as much if i weren't re-watching all of lost but also while truly, doing this truly a like it's like one line oh, to yeah. get him in it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy so the island's hell right or whatever he says fred savage as gooba tessa thompson as the bride at the wedding that bojack wrecks or one of the brides a truly wild like, you don't, <laughs> like what I are you doing realize, here <laughs> didn't even realize till the credits came up and it's not like tessa thompson like she's a year post creed at this point so uh-huh. like uh-huh. uh the next one i actually want to save because i don't want to cannibalize the own, my own joke uh dave franco as alexi brosefino uh it's they're kind of the cast of entourage right and like He's married to, obviously, Alison Brie in real life, and I feel like they're trying to riff on his 21 Jump Street character a little bit as well. So that one's kind of fun. Candice Bergen as the closer. (laughs) Uh, Weird Al Yankovic as Captain Peanut Butter. Lorraine Bracco as (laughs) Diana Mr. Peanut Butter's marriage counsellor. A a wonderful, wonderful (laughs) reference to The Sopranos. Uh I I assume she's good in Sopranos because she sure ain't good in this, but (laughs) it's not for everyone, is it? She is fantastic in The Sopranos. Rufus Wainwright as a drinking bird and the Obertones. Uh, Wiz Khalifa as himself. There are many, many more. We have the returns, as you said, of Jake Johnson, Alan Arkin, Alana Glazer, Ben Schwartz, Kristen Chenoweth. So, 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 so many people. Um, I feel like, yeah, it is exploding with guest stars this season. Who is your favourite single performance out of all of these guests? I do really like Greg Kinnear playing (laughs) Demented Puppet, The Tragedy of King Greg Kinnear, or whatever it is. King King Greg King Lear. That's it, yes. Uh, I do really quite like that a lot. Um, Um, 
you know who and this is like it's not a funny performance it's just an incredibly winning romantic lead on the show for for like however long he's in it Raul Esparza as mm-hmm. Ralph Stilton is well okay oh I was doing like the one-off I guess oh, no. yeah well, I lumped this, him this... more in the recurring people uh so my no, answer sure. might I'm... be different <laughs> <laughs> Including the recurring, I was basically just going like all of these guests, the ones okay, who aren't okay. kind of the main five. Do you have one? I mean, obviously Angela Bassett is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love her and I love I love Judah. Uh, of, of the ones that are sort of halfway between a guest star and a regular and the guest stars, yeah, I mean, yeah, Raúl Espada is very very good, like very warm, very charming. Um, he will turn out to be not the nicest person, but for now, he is like impossibly charming. Yeah, like his whole "I miss you, I think about you all the time" kind of thing, you know. Very good line read. Ah, Jessica Biel is so game. It's Jessica <laughs> Biel, though, is the thing. Yeah. Right, so what is going on this season? I'm going to break it down into our five main characters. Uh, so the big one, obviously, the guy the show is named after, Bojack. Uh, so Secretariat has released, and it's not only a hit, but he is actually navigating awards season as he, as he tries to win an Oscar. Uh, he reflects on the last time he tried to leave Horsen around behind him and become a serious actor. Like, he did try this in 2007, and we get a lot of 2007 in this season. Uh, and for as much as he is bad with failure, he struggles even more with the idea of success. And obviously everything comes crashing down for him. Sarah Lynn dies on a bender. They go on together, and like his whole world is in tatters, and he has nothing and no one. <laughs> We've talked already about how the show is very inside Hollywood kind of thing. Like, like very much... Like, for a guy where this is his first gig, it feels like it's from a creative who is, like, very jaded from working in Hollywood for a long time. But he must have a lot of friends in the industry because, like, he is laser-guided. Or, you know, I know there's a writer's room as well. and Presumably some of these people have done a lot of working on, on other stuff. But, yeah, like, all the awards show stuff and, like... You know, you're you're like the odd one out, and only the stars win the awards, and you're just sort of there to round it out as the credible name or whatever. Um, but also, he's presumably like lived in. I mean, he's lived in California his mm-hmm. entire life, and so you have to assume growing up in and around show business, you get this weird, jaded, like just experience of doing it. Especially if you're not on the inside, if you're not doing a lot of these things, you're and or even if you're like tangentially engaged in the award season buzz. And that's very much what this season is, is just mm-hmm. so engaged in an outsider who's now kind of on the inside getting to to talk about the weirdness of fame. Like the the first episode with Bojack, like just getting so frustrated about having to do the same interview over and over again mm-hmm. and how i have to imagine like basically everyone involved in this show is probably like, or every celebrity in general but like especially like if this is your first time just being wheeled out in front of endless 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 like press yeah. outlets all asking like so the show's kind of about depression and show business like how do you how do you feel <laughs> about that yeah yeah you know him like the whole reason anna is around and him needing a publicist as well as his agent and like you know, like, this idea that, like, you know, when we met him, he was this former huge sitcom star who just never got another gig. And then we reveal, through the 2007 stuff, he did actually have a second show. It was not a hit, and it probably drove him further uh, into just really struggling. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, it, it actually starts to go okay for him. Like, like not only is... You know, he has the anxiety before 
the movie actually hits the public after he's done the film festival circuit. And then, like, you know, at first he's like, I feel awesome. And he tries to celebrate all his fame, but obviously he keeps doing all the things he keeps doing. The horse, he does such terrible things. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, he, he, he really spirals hard. And, like, I like that Diane knows this is coming before he does where it's like yeah sometimes when stuff goes well for you you spiral and it's like yeah he does do that doesn't he <laughs> because yeah like he he's now like fielding offers to be in david pincher's new like hit series and do big serious plays and work with kelsey again on another like indie thing and i really like anna saying like she argues both directions she's like this will show you're not just a star, you're an actor. This will show you're not just an actor, you're a star, kind of thing. Um, where no matter what way you dice it, she's winning, kind of thing. Yep. But yeah, like, we, we do start to see that because, like, the default mode has been he's shit, his show was shit, he is bad, everything is bad for him. And this is the season where, like, he kind of gets some wins and he doesn't deal with that very well either because he's just haunted by everything. When I say that, I think... It's slightly less good than two. I think episode for episode, it's less good. But like the big themes and like the journey here and like really delving into the meat of the characters is better. So I guess, I guess when I like think of what the show is, you know, Bojack's journey across all these seasons and everything the characters go through and their big, the big thing that happened to them kind of thing and their wins and their losses a lot of that is coming from this season and like i would say story wise it's a very good season but like if i'm comparing episode for episode which we will get into in a bit i think i just had a slightly less good time than i did in two where i think just everything sings all the time and a lot of times big things happen in this season in episodes that aren't as amazing i don't know if that's i think i think it's like it's kind of the show is more confident this season and it kind of leads to a there are higher highs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if you're not as engaged in all of the kind of like little individual plots, which I think is it maybe like if you're not engaged with the Bojack's awards arc, then mm. it's, it's maybe slightly less interesting than, than a season of kind of like, I mean, I guess it's kind of this thing of season two is definitely more one and dones. Like obviously yeah. there are one and dones in this season, but everything is kind of, leading on to the next event which season two Mm. definitely isn't yeah yeah it's starting to bleed together a lot more yeah like Um, even even an episode like the the one where bojack's trying to like cancel the newspaper (laughs) is is so plot forward where like it doesn't really feel like a standalone it's just the the kind of the trappings of the episode are told in this unique way and And it's kind of tidying up things that happened in other recent episodes and, and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and but the ones that stick out are the, are the kind of like the ones that have a unique point of view and and mm-hmm. story structure. But obviously, when you quiz me on the episodes, <laughs> I, I, will, I will top tackle those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bojack also does attempt another relationship. You know, like we saw him try with Wanda and it, it wasn't for him in the end. He pushed her away. He and Anna have this weird psychosexual dynamic where like, you know, he he cat he discovers that she represents all the major clients at the Oscars, and that's why she always wins Oscars for her clients because she just represents them all: George Clooney's, Brad Pitt, all the others. <laughs> <laughs> the names this season are so good because yeah. I feel like early on they were very much like we will throw in like the real celebrity names, and then by this point they're just like no, 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 they're all 
all of the names are going to be absolutely demented. Um, <laughs> um, I need to get up what the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, is. I'm forgetting it as well. It's like DiCaprio. Oh, Leonardo Len- <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> Uh, Mitt Derman, <laughs> and then later on, like on the Oscar board, you, oh god! I mean, we could spend twenty minutes on that, and some people have every but like... every time it comes up on Twitter uh-huh. and someone posts a picture of the awards board. I have to spend about ten minutes like pouring through it. The... I like I like all the animal puns, like Mark Buffalo, and then and then it's like Tom Hardy brackets, who is a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. Uh, but yeah, oh. so like she represents all these clients. He catches her with George Clooney's and he's like, fuck you, you're my publicist and no one else is or I don't want you and he fires her. That turns her on because no one says no to her. She starts jerking him off and telling him he's a star and then like squeezes his dick in an unpleasant way and is like, don't ever talk to me like that again. And then they just start banging and then he's like, hey, what if we were actually going out? It's, it's a journey and I forget get how much we see her again after this season but she obviously kind of leaves him when he doesn't win the oscar and then he does a very bad job of making amends to her i think she's in like one Mm. episode down the line like i want to say like season five or six she she comes back it feels wrong to suggest this is the end of her but yeah it's an interesting one because like yeah he has to really push to get behind these walls and then she's like okay and we see a lot of scenes of them like in bed together and like you know just genuinely like he spends all of his time with her and it doesn't seem like there's a huge amount of like friction between them in the way that there was with Wanda and with Princess Caroline but maybe that's because she was never fully in this and like she knew it would go this way because she does seem to just drop him the second he doesn't get the Oscar but then like obviously with who he is we sympathize with her even though yeah she dumped him yeah it's all very interesting uh we will get into I'm pretty sure we will get into Sarah Lynn dying in a bit, <laughs> but we'll what? see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, um, right. So ahead of talking about the other characters, mm. I'm gonna. Um, so uh, I mean, we haven't the, talked about. He's the big huh? one, so I figure that big, that needs yeah. more time than the others. But yeah. yes, BoJack Horseman mm-hmm. is an animated show. It sure is. And and this is all... a season with an awards show backdrop. It is, and so we all know that the preeminent animated awards show are the Annie Awards. Oh, not not the daytime Emmys. Not the daytime Emmys. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so BoJack Horseman in season one got a grand total of zero nominations. Hmm. Um, sure, is an animated show that's a big hit with critics. Uh, it is. Uh, it was. It was not. It should have been nominated against shows such as this was the category in, in the first season: The Simpsons, Archer, Back to Back Space, Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, Mike Tyson Mysteries, and Regular Show. <laughs> Mike Tyson Mysteries. Okay. Yeah. In the second season, BoJack Horseman gets one nomination. Is it for like sound editing? It is for general audience animated TV slash broadcast production, where it's nominated for the season two premiere of Brand New Couch. Sorry, what? Can you one more time with that category name, please? Best general audience animated TV slash broadcast production. So, like the show for normies, are they trying yeah, to get it's at? Like, the the category is also nominating The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, and Moonbeam City. So, but then surely The Simpsons is nominated for like the big award as well. That, this is the big. This is like the big award. So what is the, the fuck fe- does is this the mean? Feature award, and then they have like one for kids, and then one for one for babies, and then this is the one for like adults that isn't a feature film. Right. So they have kids, real little kids, and cartoons for adults, and then they're like best overall cartoon. 
but they don't have a best overall cartoon. They have like oh. feature. For, they have like feature film and like those kind of things. Right. But like for a few <laughs> years, they only you're only allowed to nominate one episode. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, in season three, they get nominated for two awards. One of them is a complete no-brainer. BoJack Horseman, Fish Out of Water is nominated for Best Production in a General Audience Animated sure. TV show. And it wins, right? It loses to Bob's Burgers' 100th episode. <laughs> Bob's Burgers is a pretty good show. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, that thing is like, I, it, it's probably too late for Bob's Burgers to be nominated, to be like winning that award, but also mm. I think like the Emmys and the Annies both had the problem of just being like, yeah, we'll give it to the Simpsons, or like something like that. I've looked up the future winners. We will, we will definitely be talking about better <laughs> okay. episodes of BoJack losing to things such as notoriously memed episodes of very popular shows with very problematic co-creators. <laughs> okay, I will I will put on on my run sheet as a future thing then says what Bojack lost to. <laughs> However, it was also nominated for one other award, which was outstanding achievement in voice acting in an animated TV broadcast production. Uh-huh. Can you guess which voice actor got the nomination for season 3? Abby Jacobson. Not Abby Jacobson. Margot Martindale. Not Margot Martindale. <laughs> that was a joke, yes. But um, Angela Bassett. And not Angela Bassett. <sighs> Paul F. Tompkins. Not Paul F. Tompkins. Okay, I mean, how many guesses do I get? Like, do I get one more? Or like... You'll get one more and then I'll just reveal it to you. Okay. Um, Cedric Yarbo. <laughs> no, it is Alison Brie as Diane. Oh, I mean, like, she's good and all, but like she's good. But like, if you're nominating a performance in season three of BoJack Horseman, well, Will Arnett felt too too obvious, and then like, yes, you you have Angela Bassett and you have Diedrich Bader, and you, like, oh god, even even Jeffrey Wright, like, oh, yeah, right, I'm not wait. saying that Alison Brie is bad this season, no, but no, this no, is no, definitely no. like like her big episode is the one where she hangs out with her husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like Weird. it's not it's not a big Diane season. Like yeah. season one would make more sense if you're gonna give it to Diane. Season two, when yeah. she has like the whole thing of being depressed and going off yeah. to a war torn country, makes more sense. Season oh, three Is it because of the abortion episode? It I have to imagine it is one hundred percent because of the abortion episode. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, so like Diane, you know, not a big season with Diane. Like her her arc is she takes this shitty job that she hates while she's writing celebrity tweets and she is struggling with, am I too good for this, yes or no? And there's a lot of arguing about that and like some reveals about some ways she feels about herself and her lifelong struggles. Uh, she gets an abortion, which, you know, you know you've, you're in a, like a, an adult cartoon when you've done your abortion episode. Obviously, abortions are a big thing that happened to many, many women. But I feel like it is, at this point, a bit of a trope in adult animation. Do, um, do they cut the F? off of like, like there's no point where you get it not a full fucker mother. to open the episode uh, i yeah, think it does, comes back the, to Akka and it ends in mother f- yes that's that's what i was thinking <laughs> so the one fuck of the season is obviously Todd's, Todd, but i was wondering yeah. whether or not like i think they get crazy. away with splitting it up but i can't yeah. remember if she says the f or not but yeah yeah like i mean you know oh she also breaks each wrist at some point <laughs> she breaks the same wrist oh was it the same one? Oh, i thought it was different ones <laughs> no it's um, because the same hand because obviously he's back in the cast in the finale after bojack knocks yeah. her over i mean yeah like it is a lot of of like more of the same like her and mr peanut butter are like having their marriage problems and like she is having her existential career crisis and like i don't i don't know if much of it is new information but like her outright saying that she feels like she annoys all her friends and 
she, I mean, she gets death threats over the, you know, what happened in season two with, with her, like, outing a sexual predator. But yeah, I think I think the whole thing about, like, yeah, that she she's worried she, she annoys all her friends and that she's a big asshole and stuff like that. I that, think that's kind of newish. Yeah, I think the big issue with Diane is that the two characters that you pair her with are Mr. Peanut Butter or Bojack, and both of them kind of have to be quite like mm-hmm. straight roles, quite like quite emotionally charged mm-hmm. in terms of what they're dealing with. Whereas like a Mr. Peanut Butter gets to bounce between Diane and Todd, or like yeah. like they get to balance the the kind of like I have to be dramatic versus I have I get to be comedic, and yeah. Diane doesn't get that benefit, especially when her Bojack stuff is pushed way, 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 way into the corner because yeah. she is she's just doing him. so. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like she's doing the social media for him, but like there isn't really a big come to the head like Diane Bojack conversation in this season. They really. argue at the Oscar party a bit where she like tells him he's going to want to kill himself and he's going to have run out of people who are going to stop it, which is pretty yes. fucking heavy stuff. But then they, they, that one doesn't hang over them. Like they're friends again, like almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. And like, you know, she has to kind of flip between coddling Bojack and like forgiving him for all his bullshit and like giving him the straight truth. And then she's like the straight man to Mr. Peanut Butter or she's arguing with him. So like, I get, yeah, it's a difficult character because like she is kind of the sad sack, kind of nagging wife. Like you know, I'm here to ruin everyone's fun, but then she's also like an adult <laughs> in a room yeah. full of children. Kind of. And thing. I think it's it's something that the the writers on the show realise because obviously mm. we're we're reaching a point where they realise there's not much rope left on the Diana Mr Peanut Butter relationship. No, there is not, and he has lost his show. Uh... <laughs> J.D. Salinger declares that it has it has achieved what it set out to do. Uh, so he puts his energy into trying to fix the marriage of Diane. Like, they're doing a lot of therapy speak at each other and very clearly grasping at something that is is not long for this world. Uh, he also is grappling with his mortality uh, as we meet his, his brother, Captain Peanut Butter, played by Weird Al, who is, like, worried he's going to die because he's got an operation. And he, he turns out to be fine, but, like... A character that is like relentlessly happy because he's a golden retriever um, or a golden, he's a yellow lab, sorry. Um, it just feels right to call him like the golden retriever boyfriend trope, you know, because he is very much like that. But yeah, he's a yellow lab. But yeah, he's briefly quite sad about that. And, you know, he, he's investing in the new business with Todd. Like, I feel like Mr. Peanut Butter is like reliably even keel. Like he's always just getting in, like everything goes right for him in a slightly annoying way. Um, I mean, we do have the, I mean, it's not a great, long tail joke but it is fantastic when you get to the final episode and you realize how like how they are going to wrap up the long tail joke that they've been telling all season of jake johnson's oxnard pretending to be todd convincing mr peanut butter to buy every single pasta strainer in the world yeah and then yeah there's a, there's a natural disaster oil spill type deal uh and, and only all of their spaghetti strainers and what we'll get into with todd can save the day I really want, like, that kind of, like, long-form joke is the kind yeah. of thing that I really want to be in the writer's room for. Because there's yeah. so many elements from so many disparate plot lines that, like, have to come together for this yeah. bit. Where it's like, Bojack has to, like, want a mirror poster uh-huh. for, uh, for, his, for the poster image of Secretaria. And, like, they have to introduce, like, killer whales as strippers. And they have to, like, just mm-hmm. all of these jokes from every single episode pretty much piling on into just a 
wonderful and just um, and like drawing the boxes into their house every time we see them in just random episodes like every like three episodes like they will acknowledge out loud that he's got all these spaghetti strainers and like yeah it isn't for anything until it's suddenly for everything i i don't remember what i needed to but it's going to pay off in a big way at some point later on and it does and he comes into great success because of this yeah princess carolyn however you know she she triumphantly started the new business uh and and dumped rutabaga but like yeah it does not go well like she is just barely keeping the agency afloat um, even with uh, the assistance of Judah and him like taking salary cuts and all this. Yeah, she, she loses Bojack as a client because she misses out on a big opportunity. Like, she gambles on trying to get him two jobs and he gets zero jobs. And Rutabaga and Vanessa Gecko beat her, basically. And she has to fold her new agency. However, she meets Ralph. He's very nice. And she then has the epiphany that she should be a manager, not a, an agent. And she's very insistent these are different jobs. So, like, Princess Carolyn, like, I, I feel like similar to Diane, it's like she's just relentlessly sad, but, like, she has this, like, upbeat attitude and charisma that keeps her a little bit more of a fun pocket of the show, even though she's just enduring so much bullshit all the time, normally from men. It, it feels like she's kind of stuck in this mode for her entire arc of, this, of the whole show. Like, it's just career... Win, career loss, career win, career loss. And, like... and I think I really like both of her episodes mm-hmm. this season. Again, like, I think she is the the secret kind of, like, beating heart of this show. Yeah. And, like, best thing that ever happened is is truly wonderful. And because uh, it's old acquaintance into best thing that ever happened is, like, a two-part mm-hmm. Princess Carolyn arc, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, decent decent season for her, but kind of like a holding pattern in some ways. And then Todd... Uh... <laughs> Creates a new business with his old friend Emily, who Bojack sleeps with, which creates more tension between those two, and they end up having a huge falling out. And Todd ends the season by coming to terms with the fact that he is asexual. And I vividly remember you, in attempting to talk around this, kind of spoiled it. Well, you didn't spoil it, you didn't tell me what it was, but I remember you saying when I was watching all this for the very first time, many, many years ago, they give Todd something you don't think anyone else on TV has. And I was like, hmm. And I was like, wow, he sure doesn't sleep with any women, does he? (laughs) Or men, or anyone. And then I was like, oh, he's asexual, isn't he? And like, they are dropping the hints before it happens. Like, you know, we see in the 2007 flashback stuff that like, he is very awkward with her. Like, they do, they, they, they kiss and like, they're going out and then like, he jumps out the window instead of sleeping with her, and then, like, Bodrak tries to push him to sleep with her at the wedding, and he makes a million excuses not to, and he would rather, like, make a blanket fort with her than have sex in a hotel room. Just all these things, and yeah, like, it's cool. It, it It's cool representation, and, like, they will delve into this a lot more, and, like, what it truly means in future seasons, and, like, you know, we've seen a lot of like gay characters or you know just queer characters in general but yeah asexuality is underrepresented and like it's funny because i feel like all we ever talk about is <laughs> gen z or, or zoomers or whatever like being like so averse to sex in a kind of annoying way and like yeah this is doing an asexual story going forward that like is really nicely handled um and yeah and- i think I- I think the issue with the Gen Z thing kind of comes from a 
there's all there's like a weird conservative point of view to it and then there's also like a i just don't like the the fact that you we kind of hit this point of movies aren't horny but like mm-hmm. the big tv shows are all kind of like ag- aggressively excessively horny yeah. so like if you're going to watch game of thrones or something you're going to see a whole lot of kind of like pointless sexuality well it's like, th- it's this argument it's the like i don't feel that sex advances the plot and it's like okay how does like 80 percent of what happens in a movie advance the plot yeah, <laughs> and this, mean, this desire to like mainline a show to know what happens and like having skip lists and watching stuff on 1.5 speed and all this annoying weird stuff you can't yeah. believe they do but they do but they do but yeah, yeah i think it's just more like i think there is definitely a sense of i just don't like it when people like like there's there's a difference between we're on HBO, so we need to have a scene in an orgy mm-hmm. just to kind of like make you feel yeah, like your HBO yeah. package is coming in versus two characters having sex as a way to show you what their emotional yeah. like like point of view is. And yeah. I think Bojack is very good at that, where the sex in this season, like obviously it's not titillating or anything like that in, in the way that the sex is portrayed, but like the sexual dynamic between Anna and Bojack is is a way to tell the storyline between these two mm-hmm. characters in an in an interesting way, and just Todd Todd being asexual allows them to tell another dimension to to stories with a sexual bent in terms of like Emily's disappointment and Emily mm-hmm. turning that into into sleeping with Bojack because she feels rejected and Bojack mm-hmm. would probably sleep with anyone if they like. Yeah came over and came over him in the right way it's validation for him like yeah. it's someone wants me for a second and yeah like I, to, to like delve into emily like abby jacobson is an excellent voice actress i actually have not seen her <laughs> i don't think in anything in live action i know i need to watch broad city but like i know her from animation like from this from disenchantment uh from mitchell's versus the machines yeah and she's really really good there, there is a like cadence and pattern to the way she talks that fits these kind of this like new wave of like quirky animation um she goes on these quite long over explained rants and and she she has them here and like you know her explaining oh your 2007 show is like my favorite show ever because it was so bad you have to understand this isn't from a from a place of emotional sincerity i love that it's bad and i'm basically in love with you um <laughs> i just her like getting into these really long she's so good in the 2007 episode of like playing that teenage girl I was like oh i heard you like kimber and like you know i'm not allowed to date because of my dad and i just i don't know she's just really really good at playing these kind of all-age characters and emily is this surprisingly large character on the show when it seems like she's just going to be a throwaway Oh, Todd had a girlfriend in 2007. And then, like, oh, back she comes to drive another wedge between Todd and Bojack. And and Todd, like, fucking lays into Bojack with, you know, they name the episode after it, It's You, where he basically says, look, you are the things that you do. You, It's not what happened to you making you do this. Like, you are you, and you can't just keep doing shit things and apolo- and feeling bad you have to like actually try to be better and like that's you know i think we talked about something like that in a previous season that's like that's the whole show it's this hard. is this is the first season of like a main character breaking off with bojack like yeah. after this point they're they're real they have scenes together they see each other every so mm-hmm. often but like yeah it but it's interesting having rewatched the show like obviously todd is always there and todd and bojack have a storyline every so often but like Todd really 
does like almost exclusively from a certain point in season like late season one move on to being like with mr peanut butter really. yeah it's like putting the like idiots that is... together which I, yeah. I, I get i get the impulse but yeah he like has very much ended his ongoing relationship with bojack which is like i remember you know we were talking about how you you were convinced that was coming last season and then they make up and like there's you know bojack to call him like his best friend and then for us to get to this point and like yeah bojack doesn't even understand what he did and why it's wrong really and he's almost like I think he even says while he's drunk, well, like, if you're not going to sleep with her, kind of thing, then what's the problem with me sleeping with her? And, like, I also like that Todd knows something happened, but they play it in a way where you think he knows everything. And then when he's like, oh, so you know about me sleeping with her, he's like, you slept with her? (laughs) (laughs) Just classic Todd. The writers on this show are just so impressive. Like, I mean, obviously I've already mentioned, like, the long tail on the past the strain a bit is obviously <laughs> like i just can't get my head around like do you build that joke first and then you yeah. structure the entire season to building up to this point, i assume or... so yeah because <laughs> there's just so many things in it where like boy that's like weird to that to come to your like first point but the ways in which they manage to write to the guest characters like obviously by this point they know how amy sedaris is and so they're able to write the the long tongue twisters into <laughs> into the season for her but like they do something for Diedrich Bader, like that's kind of like perfect use of his voice. And <laughs> I'm sorry get to... for becoming emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like they get to do Abby Jacobson doing those like long run on yeah. rambling stories. And it's like, how do you. Yeah. Like, do you. Are you casting this show with an eye to getting these people and they're just like kind of perfect? Or. I, or I it... just assume, you know, given they get both halves of Broad City in the room. I assume they just were fans of that show and, and knew their voices. Yeah, um, it, it, but it is just really impressive. And then the other thing that's just so impressive about the writing of this show is they don't really tend to let things overstay their welcome. Like, they're very emotionally in tune with where their characters actually are. And so characters will reach a conclusion point with with seasons left on the show. Like, for a six-season show to to have that awareness like there's no will they won't they there's no mm-hmm. tension or drama they just kind of go like, oh, no, this is now a relationship that is done and they're, the rest of the show will go on without this yeah we're they're, not... they're fine with like killing their darlings and like not you know so many shows are guilty of like well we have to just continue because we're a successful thing and we have to keep the thing going like you know lost and how i met your mother and these shows that have a very defined mission statement that they kind of have to drag out as long as humanly possible because yeah. they hit shows that's the thing is like like both like lost was more fighting for an ending than hammer and mother but both mm-hmm. of them are examples of like why this is bad because you end up with like long stretches of not really doing anything yeah. that like that really helps and even in, in the case of hammer and mother going on too long where the original yeah. ending that you had written doesn't work anymore with the show mm-hmm. that you're making whereas <laughs> i think bojack is like it's still an improv show i don't think that that any of the writers have come to the table with like a we envision this being x many seasons and each season will be the the dissolution of this relationship or like we're going to end up here but like just as they're writing the season you can tell that they know when things have gone too far for certain characters and it's really refreshing to watch a show especially on netflix Mm -hmm. because it and, and and like 
just a different time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, this is this is kind of the I think like season four is probably the last year of Netflix being the Netflix that everyone yeah. wanted them to be. Like is that kind of like two thousand fourteen to two or thirteen to seventeen is the peak era of like everyone being like, Yep, and Netflix is like the golden child, everything is 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 going golden for yeah. them. And like I mean, I was looking at what what shows were airing 2016, 2017, and this is when like American Vandal and the OA and like a lot of shows that are like their first kind of gutting cancellations are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and like The Defenders is is 2017. <laughs> I knew you were going to pin this on Iron Fist somehow, somewhere. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm pinning it on Iron Fist, but I'm saying <laughs> I do think The Defenders is kind oh, of yeah, a. Yeah. A point of like and this is the end of a like era of netflix like this, from this point onwards netflix is a different beast yeah yeah i mean you know you, you look at the the buzz around daredevil and jessica jones and then you look at like nobody giving a shit about latter day netflix marvel stuff okay so you've had a fair amount of ability to slightly remember what happens in each episode we're going to play our favorite game of does ben remember what happens in each episode and I'm going to sprinkle in my favourite joke from each episode as you name them. So, as always, don't need the entire plot, just a single sentence summary as best you can. Start spreading the news. Right, this is Bojack in New York doing the press tour for uh, Secretariat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, I really like the, the, the big convoluted conference call with Todd and Mr. Peter <laughs> Barham. You know, they're all just confusing who they're talking to. Um, Why are you in New York? I'm not in New York, I'm in LA. I'm in New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Bojack Horseman show. Uh, the 2007 flashback, which I think I texted you in the middle of and just went like, it's so wild <laughs> that a show is able to be like, even just nine years later, able to pin such specificity into like... <laughs> how 2007 felt like how mr peanut is dressed and like yeah yeah also good michael vick made me a very strange offer it's a great <laughs> joke really morbid but really good <laughs> with mr peanut Butter being a dog you know <laughs> yeah good good stuff uh bojack kills oh god this is the the kind of like the weird murder mystery one where bojack's a, a heroin brand <laughs> I think, and like they go to Cuddly Whisker's house and they find a dead orca in in the water, which is very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also learn from this season that none of the underwater creatures can swim. <laughs> it seems they just like Bojack singularly possesses the power of swimming. I really like Jesus, Jill, and you thought your play sucked. I didn't. <laughs> like, just really, really, really rude. Fish out of water. Fish at Water is, uh, I mean, we'll probably talk about this more later. Uh, Bojack takes place in a silent episode, essentially, where he he fails to get to a film festival screening of his movie, um, but has mm-hmm. fun with a, with a little baby seahorse. It does. I like that they talk about Bojack really offending the French, and then it turns out it was by criticising Sartre. <laughs> like, yeah, just, just a good, good fake out. Uh, love and or marriage. What does happen in this one? Um, <gasps> We've done it. <laughs> this is this is the Dave Franco episode. It is. I can't remember anything else from this episode <laughs> other than Diane does drugs with Dave Franco and then breaks her wrist. Like this is uh, the wedding episode. Where... Oh, this is the one with Tessa Thompson and they meet Emily again. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, we've done it. Okay. Cool. We got that. I really like Mr. Peanut Butter not knowing what Bones is about, and this is where you have Emily Deschanel as Bones. <laughs> 
I don't think that show's about what you think it's about. But then it turns out it is exactly what Mr. Peanut Butter it is, is about. in this world. Brap, brap, pew, pew. The abortion episode where they recast 16 at Aquafina. Um, they do. Aisha Tyler's gone. Aisha Tyler's gone, which feels like, again, I, I know there's another big recasting coming later on, which is probably going to be more personal to us after, as Watchmen fans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a weird kind of like like to have sixteen Aquafina as like the focal point of an episode, but like fail to get Aisha Tyler back is weird. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is Diane gets an abortion and it ends up being like a turned into a pop star's career. Yeah, she she accidentally tweets the thing she's saying and she tells Bojack I'm getting an abortion and then she accidentally tweets that from sixteen Aquafina's account and then it she turns out being the face of the pro choice movement and she has a fake abortion on live tv and then she gets pregnant and she wants to keep it it's all very like possibly my favorite line in the entire show we've assembled a diverse panel of white men in bow ties (laughs) just yeah that that's a picture that comes out frequently when people are talking about stuff like just even in 2006 like just massively skewering exactly where we still are seven years later And, and like i don't know i don't remember the Bible, maybe? Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, stop the presses. Candice Bergman just, like, scoring buckets, like, <laughs> repeatedly. Like, she's so good in this episode. I did misremember that I thought the joke was that the LA Gazette only had one subscriber left and they were basically trying to keep Bojack in. For... <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't good intimate, like, seeing your mum cry. It was bad intimate, like, when your dad writes a poem about Lena Horne's nipples and makes you read it out loud. <laughs> Uh, um, old acquaintance. Old acquaintance. Uh, this is this is like so. This one's two stories, isn't it? So this is Diana, Mister Peanut Butter on the Labrador Peninsula, mm-hmm. and then it's also the the like the the thing that I really like about this episode, and like because we're not going to get talk about this later, is the way the episode opens with Rutabaga and Vanessa Gecko, and they go like. We've only got so much time to like save the agency, but remember, we're the good guys here. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the entire episode, and it feels like Princess Carolyn's going to win in her efforts to save the agency. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the episode is like, no, like Ruth Baker and Vanessa are actually the good guys in this case because uh, yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. not representing Bojack Horseman ultimately. <laughs> That's true. And like, like the un- if the underhanded tactic is revealing you did a shitty thing, it's like, is it actually underhanded? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like it's just this fun, like playing with perspective. Way, like you'd think this episode is about how Princess Carolyn succeeds, and instead it's about the shitty things she did in her past. I also, very much appreciate like David Pincher being seen as he is like <laughs> the face of Netflix at this point. Where like yeah. the entire look of all of television is David Fincher's direction of House of Cards. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> Yeah. Not a great one for like one-liners, but I do really like Mr. Peanut Butter calling men an untapped market in their rideshare business aimed at creating safe spaces for women. Like, and just that entire like cabra, cadabra, like just slowly becoming a horror show after starting <laughs> out as a thing where it's like, why doesn't this exist? But it's like this ultimate like capitalistic nightmare where it's like we start off with a really good idea, but there's a ceiling on this idea. So we need to expand into other markets, which include men and making men be sexually attracted to their drivers. Uh-huh. Best thing that ever happened. Uh this is kind I mean, is this the closest that Bojack would get to a bottle episode? Bojack and yeah. Carolyn have dinner at Bojack's restaurant, but accidentally, like, pisses off the chef so badly that he quits. 
I I adore the end of the, the end of episode joke where they reveal the food critic is just a Tumblr blogger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can have that as the joke. Yeah, and like another one where it's like mm, it's it's funny, but like yeah, uh, Paul F. Tompkins Italian accent that is like so offensively stereotypical it loops back around to being kind of funny. Like <laughs> I don't know, it's you. Uh, the Oscar episode, the mm-hmm. one in which uh, Bojack thinks he gets nominated for an Oscar, but it's all because Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd rewrote the entire nomination list and put Bojack on. I throw a dart at the board. I mean, black people, question mark, crossed out is pretty good. Uh, we need to nominate Danny Day-Lewis for something. And they put sound, him in, like, editing. sound editing. I also like the kind of, like, this is the one where they call back to the beginning where, like, Bojack drives the Tesla into the pool and you get the recreation yeah. of, the, of the opening credit shot. Like, wonderful, love it. And also, like, you can see how far the animation has come on in the show when you compare the opening credits to this shot in particular. <laughs> yeah, that's too much, man. Bojack and Sarah Lynn go on a massive, massive, massive bender that lasts several months. Like, it basically goes from, like, nomination day to, like, post-Oscars are presented. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, a month and a half or, like, two months or something along those lines. Yeah, just, we will talk about this one in a bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it just really tickles me They have the drinking bird that says, my head going down, head coming up, head going down, (laughs) head coming up. Uh, And that went well, our season finale. Kind of a bog standard, like let's bring everything back together kind of episode. I mean, as I said, it's the payoff to the payoff to the the season long joke about the pasta strainers. There's like the Sarah Lynn bit where Bojack, or well, Sarah Lynn thinks Bojack's coming around to like just be a friend to her, and instead he's coming around looking for her to have a job. Todd comes out as asexual. Princess Carolyn goes on a date with Ralph Stilton. We get the tease of a, a, a young teenage girl called Princess Carolyn looking for Bojack. Yep. Um, Bojack. <laughs> Put a pin in that for next season. Um, Bojack shoots like half an episode of Horsing Around, not Horsing Around, Ethan Around, and then proceeds to like run off set when the, teen, uh, the young girl who they've hired is like, I want to be like you, and yes. he just Immediately after Sarah Lynn died. <laughs> yeah, and you just cannot absolutely deal with that. And He loves to run away. Do you know, right, okay. You know what really fucking sucks? What? You have this season, and the the show ends with this like absolutely gorgeous kind of like final mm. moments of Bojack driving off to the desert, and uh, what's the song playing in the background? It, it, Nina stars. Simone stars. Yeah, Nina mm. Simone stars is playing in the background as Bojack like takes his hands off the steering wheel and it looks like he's going to commit suicide, yeah. and then like he he sees the horses running through the desert, and it's this beautiful, beautiful moment. And the Netflix like cut stars cut out off. Yeah, and then yeah. start season th- season four with like jingly jangly like bojack music I'm like, yeah no, I'm and there's like this. there's a couple of bespoke ending credit songs this like the 2007 episode i feel like has one and maybe um the bojack horseman show has one i can't remember but yeah there's a couple where like you only get to hear about four seconds of it sucks uh you help with one natural disaster and everybody loves you unless you're sean penn <laughs> <laughs> just <coughs> right oh, you- killed me yeah thank you right you did very well you stumbled for the very first time but you're doing better than i think 99 percent of people could do and once again we promise he's not taking notes uh so no paper in front of me right now no you never do i don't know how you live this way so that's all of them in 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 a sort of zoomed out way we've talked about arcs we don't have the time to talk about every one of them in detail but we are going to pick our favorite ones each i have a very confident idea about what your one is going to be I, if you it, don't it, pick it, I won't. So if you want to talk about it, you have to pick. It. Is it fish out of water? Yes. Yeah, I mean, fish out of water is 
it's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I I absolutely adore Fish Out of Water. Yeah. It is like one of those perfect like long tail joke episodes. Like I love the conclusion to the episode oh, of yeah. Bojack realizing he could talk the entire fucking time. It's such a kind of like loving tribute to to old timey animation. Like it's got elements of kind of like old Fleischer cartoons. It's got elements mm-hmm. of like Charlie Chaplin and like slapstick. It is just this is to me the show fully coming into the confidence to like do do this kind of thing i love how much of it is playing out in the backgrounds like bojack horseman doing the thumbs up and <laughs> like that becoming everyone just fucking hating him in this like underwater area and yeah it's just like i i get the feeling that you're not no sold. no I, I i like it it's just i i have two i like more so and i know this is like we can't not talk about this one. So I just sort of was like thinking, right, what do I want the second episode to be? Because I just assumed you would pick this. I, yeah, I do really like it. I just think I would have it at number three. I, I, I respect the hell out of what they're doing here. Like a dialogue-less episode is a difficult thing to do, um, but always memorable. Like, you know, we talk all the time about Hush from Buffy being like one of the most memorable episodes of television in the last like 30 years and how we wish more TV shows would do special episodes like this. And for them to commit so hard to it as, like, we just see so many innocuous interactions with, like, you know, the director from Secretariat is there chatting up to the press and, like, we don't have a fucking clue what any of them are saying. And they hold it for a really long time. And and they're not afraid to hold any of these conversations. Like, there are a few where it's like, okay, we get to the the quickest possible resolution of, like, he doesn't understand them, he shrugs, he tries to mime it to them. But to do conversations like that and have him just sitting there, like, uncomfortable because he doesn't know if they're making fun of him or not. And they clearly are, but... Yeah, and um, they get so much, like, so much stuff out of, like, the water. Like, him coming to the room with the gift basket and, like... <laughs> can't eat getting, anything. <laughs> can't eat anything, can't drink anything. Everything in the taffy factory is, is <laughs> wonderful, uh, including the payoff to, like, Bojack just realises he can swim and so proceeds to swim away at the yeah. end. He's like Superman to these people. <laughs> Bit where, like, he comes out from the, like, stealing from the shark guy and, like, stands in front of the Mr. Peanut Butter. Oh, the callback to, like, in the 2007 episode, he books a gig like as the spokesman of seahorse milk and he's like i don't know and then we see the like the very like stereotypical like it it's like when you see celebrities do commercials in japan kind of thing and like i think the whole episode is based on lost in translation anyway so yeah to see the commercial on the tv and then to also see the standee um very very good i love that like he's above water but still can't speak above water yeah (laughs) like because he's not wearing underwater oh god just yeah like lots and lots of things and then at the end when he gets the nicotine patch and then the the alcohol like the suppository suppository. (laughs) (laughs) uh and you know all the stuff with the you know male seahorses give birth and like i i assume they're going for a seahorses and horses feel kinship kind of thing like they're all horses here and him you know obviously bojack the last thing he wants in the entire world is to be a dad because of his parents and just you know everything and he, you know, he genuinely bonds with this kid. And then once he's gone on this ridiculously arduous journey to get it back to the dad, it's just absorbed into the herd. And he can't even pick out the one that he spent the day with to say yep. goodbye to it. It's just like, oof, like you found a way to make this sad. In a, like it, the whole thing is, it has a just gloss of sadness. And like the music is so, so fucking good in that episode. Like, you know, I don't know if that would be like, a dream or a nightmare for a composer to be told we're doing a silent episode you have to score literally every second of this <laughs> like 
I mean, you get more freedom, but then it's also like, God, I have to write like so much more music than normal. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Jesse Novak's the composer of the show, and like mm-hmm. more than up to the the task of like doing this. Yeah, like it's all over the place. So you get kind of like excited music and 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 happy music and sad music and like you know mishaps music and yeah, like the whole thing. I think just sort of having the blue color tone on it and and no one speaking and the music you know being so affecting like it, it gives it this big gloss of sadness throughout just amplifying bojack's like loneliness all the time um, and of course like him you know he feels so bad about fucking kelsey over and she's at the the show as well and he's desperately trying to get a letter to her and uh, he writes some of the worst letters in the world like <laughs> sucks that happened to you we're cool right and then he tries to write a heartfelt letter and it just washes away <laughs> yeah and then, and then, obviously, the guy comes along and says, "Like, oh, he's got the button on the machine." Oh, yeah, just... he could have been talking the whole time. And does he go, "Mother"? And then, like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your two episodes then that you're talking about? So... I assume one of them is obviously that's too much, man. I mean, that's the one I feel like we have to talk about. I kind of really wish there was a world where we could talk about best thing that ever happened as well. But like, it it should be t- just to say, I really like that episode. I really like all the the chaos with like. The, the staff getting sudden promotions and them just really delving into their relationship. And, like, we learn so much casually in this season about, like, you know, from the 2007 episode, how they how a lot of them met and, like, the history of Bojack and Princess Carolyn as a couple just casually throwing stuff out. Like they He didn't just bang her all the time. Like, they went on holiday together and he went to her dad's funeral with her. And yeah. All good stuff. I, but, I love the like the way that they drop the 2007 like flashbacks every so often throughout the season as yeah. well. Like we're not done with 2007 no. after the 2007 episode. Like because the 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 dinner episode opens with the first time they sleep together, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Um, and then we get like another one in. Obviously, there's another 2007 flashback in the finale for the let's get Sarah Lynn's cameo. So it's just mm. like the little seedings throughout the season to make it kind of like feel like a holistic yeah. season. That uh, like the like the 90s were like so formative for him because of horsing around but then 2007 is also this like incredibly crucial year for all of them and yeah just like that she keeps going back to him whenever he needs someone like i i don't know if this is true that she's like the last one to kind of break away from him but it feels like she is the one that she's been dealing with him the longest and she's the one that like just can't help but try and be there for him and like we'll see todd and diane and and i don't know if mr peanut butter ever like really <laughs> Is that invested that he would break off from him? But it feels like she's the one that will stay with him. I feel like it, but it's always even when they break away, it's always in a professional point of view. Where like even even at this point when they're trying to build a friendship, like Mm -hmm. there's they've they've had the like they've done the breakup. Like there's no way they're ever going to get to the level of perceived closeness that they had before the show even began. Absolutely, but, yeah, like but we, one of we, the most we, fascinating relationships in the show. Yeah, but we we simply have to talk about that's too much, man. Is the thing, and yeah. like I may even enjoy it less than best thing that ever happened, but just it's so important to the whole show that yeah we kind of have to. And like yeah, it's like we briefly got a tease of Sarah Lynn in an earlier episode where she said that she'd been sober for like three months or something like that, and she did. You know, they did make a joke of it of like. She heard that when you take drugs again after not for a long time, the high is really good. But they really go hard on the idea that Bojack did this to her. That, you know, he's gotten the news that he didn't get the Oscar nomination after all. And Anna has left him and he's argued with everyone and he's dumped Princess Carolyn as a client and everything. So he's he just wants to get fucked up 
and you know she's more than game to go along with him and it feels like it's hearkening back to the big drug episode in season one where like they're missing time and stuff like that because he keeps blacking out between scenes which they will play for innocent comedy like you know punchlines like half a punchline or like he blacks out on anna's story like four times <laughs> i mean that's that's kind of the thing with the show is the show is so good at knowing how to balance the drama and the comedy and like this episode is so tragic but it's also frequently very very funny and like yeah it's just it's it's such a flex of tone and even if it isn't as much of a flex in animation as the season one episode is i think it is way more impressive as Mm -hmm. like a singular episode just in terms of like structure and and what it actually means for the show because like yes the show kind of like retroactively kind of goes like the penny thing is the worst thing that bojack ever did yeah but but this is well it's kind of amplifying the worst thing he ever did and like adding to it like by like he he told a reporter in episode one like he told her everything well he kind of alluded to it because he doesn't use names he's like i don't know if i would have done it and stuff like that and then anna makes it go away but this time while he's drunk he just he's like yeah that's a real name i don't care look her up and, like, he just tells all about it. And they're all so shocked. And then Sarah Lynn, like, gets over it and is like, hey, we've all done fucked up stuff. And then, like, she drags him to an AA meeting and, like, he feels the need to one-up all their sad, drunk stories. And, and then she tells him about making amends and how, like, your life is great. You just say sorry and they forgive you and you just carry on. And, you know, we will... She will have her breakdown and say how she likes nothing about herself. But he does attempt to systematically go through all the characters and apologise to people. And it just... It just goes badly. Like they break into Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house and just wreck their kitchen and shit. And like <laughs> they're surprisingly chill about it and just let them run off. Yeah, they break Diane's wrist. Yes. They like start yelling at Princess Carolyn's apartment when she's there with with Ralph. And she just sighs and goes because she's had more of these than anyone. Him, like yeah. we we've seen it in a previous episode where he was just on her lawn just yelling and that a quietly fucked up one is him just approaching a small child called Todd <laughs> that he thinks is Todd and he questions if he's even into girls one episode before we get that reveal uh, and the parents being like do you think he's into our child in an inappropriate way and then they try and leverage that <laughs> it's like this could be our big break but yeah like the just it's it's so well done like because the blackouts are all like again, they they played for comedy at first, and even near the end, they played for comedy. But obviously, like the whole point of this is that it ends with Bojack driving to Ohio to see Penny, and... or as he keeps thinking, Ohio, Ohio, um, <laughs> with a J with a silent J. Yeah, like he, whenever he comes to, he knows it's a bad idea, and he tries to stop it because yeah, they've they've tri- like Sarah Lynn googled Penny, found out where she goes to college, they drive there. They stalk her in a library, they stalk her in a cafe, and each time he's like, whoa, 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 this is bad, we need to go. And that is the correct instinct. (laughs) And, like, she does seem to be well-adjusted and getting on okay, and then that almost bothers him. And then, like, when he feels relieved that actually she's okay, he accidentally reveals himself, and she obviously is triggered and, and, like, yeah, huge... (sighs) And then, you know, obviously because they're famous, everyone starts taking their picture, and her just sinking into the background and being lost among these people who are taking their picture while he like calls out to her is like yeah like you can you can just perfectly crystallize a handful of moments in this show like when you're thinking towards the end of the stuff that haunts him and like that is a big one for me is not so much like 
the episode where he did all of this, but like her re- react when he sees her again. A few I mean, he's years got later. Sa- it, it's Sarah Lynn kind of going like. Oh, she seemed like she was doing fine with it, but then you showing up kind of like made all that trauma. It's, it's almost like you destroyed her life twice. <laughs> and she says, hey, you were a father figure who was sexually inappropriate to me, and I turned out fine. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's so well done. And like the lighting on Penny's face as well, like they, they kind of force a shadow or force a spotlight even um, yeah. like with how they do it. And like, yeah, as you said, like, the show has subtly visually leveled up so much. The, the planetarium scene is terrific. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff with when Bojack goes to like the flashback in 2007 and the whole room is like shaking because of like where he's gotten high at that point and like mm-hmm. he's like falling off the sofa and all the rest of it. Like it's it, it's the confidence. To, I mean, even like, I mean, so much is bittersweet as well. Like Sarah Lynn learning that she won an Oscar that she completely <laughs> forgot that she was nominated about. <laughs> that was and... Bojack's entire season arc, and, yep. and she didn't even give a shit. And that, like, you know, they make it clear in the next episode that like she reaches a height of fame way beyond him. Um, yeah, and he is presented as the famous one who struggles to be famous and stuff like that. But she's got her own, you know, and she, and she she breaks down about very similar things to him, and she obviously doesn't survive this experience and he does they even give you like they fake out the death before they do it where like she's just bored and not talking and then she's like what and then yeah at the planetarium for her to just go while he's talking and then go to end credits is that's not how i remembered it but it's very powerful i thought they explicitly showed you how that went down but we'll find that out next season (laughs) yeah if they do it again they well they do it again in the in the next episode as well when they announce the death because obviously like you can read it as her not dying but just i mean what the the fate Mm -hmm. of black and then the final sarah lynn is yeah really like really tragic kristen shell is is truly truly incredible in this show yeah like Um, she's got the reputation of just having the sort of wacky child voice and like a weird adult voice, but like she's got the acting chops big time. I I think she is way better suited to animation than she is to live action. Mm-hmm. And like the, when I see her in live action, like she's fun, but she's so big and broad in a way that suits animation so much better. Like her Thirty Rock character is such a big part of those later seasons. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of like her role in Last Man on Earth, which was the show she did for several years. Like it's just it, it, she is so much better with like on Bob's Burgers and on this and even in stuff like her like her role in the Toy Story movies and stuff like that like they're just <laughs> a voice made for voice acting yeah. really yeah. and it's it's sad that kind of there's not much more Sarah Lynn over the show like because she's been kind there's... of like this constant presence like she's in the first episode and obviously like will make two or three appearances per yeah. season and and like for her last <laughs> It's not her last thing, because as you said, there's going to be a couple of flashbacks and stuff, and, and the season six. sequences yeah. and stuff, yeah, but, like, for them to go from her dying, and, like, they don't even confirm she's dead until after, but the scene where, like, he has come hat in hand to ask her to save his show, and the idea that that last sincere connection she was holding on to while everyone around her wants a piece of her, and then even he is like, oh, can you please come and help me with my TV show, and then that that, like, it seems like she's not doing all the drugs at that point of her career, and then she sure does do all the drugs after that. And it's like, I don't know if they're one-to-one saying it's Bojack's fault that she ended up the way she did, but... And then to, like, cut... Like, the sadness from her, of like, oh, oh, okay. And then to cut to the announcement she's dead. Like, big, big character. Our first sort of major character death. I mean, Herb died, but, like, Herb never felt like... Herb, Herb shows up late and it feels and like... And we know he's got cancer when we meet him and stuff. And, it, and yeah. it's in his relationship that is done. Like, he's the first, like, 
knife. It's like, but mm. like Sterling is the is the first like gut punch. I yeah, feel like, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so those are our two, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, personally, I would go two three one. I think you're going three two one. I am going three two one. I mean, I'm looking at my list. I gave it number eleven on my 2016 best of TV list. Yeah. Um, a really good year of TV. Although I probably wouldn't have uh, a show such as Horace and Pete in my top ten anymore, considering where Louis C.K. is. I mean, I think I think the next two seasons are are kind of the the show really really cresting I mean, ne- next season in particular i think mm-hmm. is i think universally kind of seen as kind of bojack um yeah. really doing something kind of incredible yeah yeah uh, but obviously we'll get to talk about that next time but like, i i i just remember the wait between season season three and season four especially because like this is the year where i kind of like begin to cut down on tv viewing mm-hmm. oh when i met you your tv viewing was fucking insane yes i mean like i mean <laughs> I, I i've got like i was watching probably on average like 100 shows every single year whereas oh, yeah, yeah. i think i at this point i've like i start working in london mm-hmm. when the next season kind of comes out and then i've also like i'm my, my partner did not like me pirating the shows from america <laughs> to watch them the day after and when you don't have the the rush of going like well i know that this airs on tuesday in the u.s so i can watch it wednesday morning yeah. it just kind of immediately means that i just lose out on a lot of the stuff that doesn't get uk distribution yeah, yeah. Um, well like you saying like being appalled i hadn't seen broad city and i'm like well i yeah, know like you, we, i know we have comedy central in the uk but like, that is locked think- behind a and I think I, it's a different version of Comedy Central. Yeah, I don't think Comedy Central aired Broad, Broad City in the UK even. Mm. Like you, you, I don't even know what channel you'd have had to watch it. I think to, it's to see. all on Netflix or something. So I will, I will definitely watch yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, but yeah, like there's a thing of like the UK, especially in this era in between, where the easiest stuff to watch, and it's why I can't begrudge anyone for falling onto Netflix as like a, a thing. Those shows exist at the same time they exist in the US, and they all exist at the same time. It is kind of like just ease of use, yeah. and it means that you get to have simultaneous like airing with the US. Yeah. Instead of going like, oh, you know this show review is absolutely terrific, how do I watch it? Well, you need to download a VPN and then like go onto the Comedy Central app and watch it in that way. Like, <laughs> like it, It's such a fucking bullshit thing that, that, that makes it a real hazard to watch like the good stuff, and it's why... I think for a big reason why like Netflix is the kingmaker now still yeah, and yeah. still is even at this point where it's like being on Netflix means that Wednesday is going to be huge and One Piece will be huge and, and all these different <laughs> things even if that there are less and less quality shows and Bojack Horseman is the, the best show that they've ever done yeah yeah really well um, we've, we've been talking about some quite heavy stuff the last few minutes so let's do something very silly before we get out of here is everyone's favorite segment is time for the tongue twisters okay uh do you have your phone on hand? i've got my phone okay ready okay i'm gonna i'll start us off a real jill pill jail fail killer whale caper is pretty good i would like you to say this oh, good no. luck oh, no no <laughs> Speaking of paper, Piper Parabo and Paulie Perrette need to push back the pitch on the Princess and the Pauper Project. Very good. And I also like, well, I'm the only albino rhino guy I know I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, all okay. good. They're going to get way worse than this as we get yeah, Courtney they, Portnoy they... in the toilet. Oh, it's a whole season of Courtney. No, next season is Courtney Portnoy. I think so, yeah. Sharon Horgan will have just, I think, catastrophe started like a year before this so mm. they're obviously like pulling from that i look forward to that next time uh but for now this has been another episode i thank you for joining us benjamin thank you for your encyclopedic knowledge as always 
Uh, thank you for like getting us to do this show because I'm having a, a really good time rewatching it. <laughs> it's a very good show. Uh, yeah, so until next time, suck a dick, dumb shits! <laughs>